Patrol. Negative Man. Elastigirl. Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast, where we talk about the Doom Patrol a lot, because there's a lot of Doom Patrol to talk about today. And uh, anyway, that's what we're doing. Yeah, correct, yes. And, and there is a lot of Doom Patrol around at the moment. Uh, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarv. You can find us online at WaitingForDoom.com. You can email us at WaitingForDoom at gmail.com or on our Facebook page you can find us. And all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and Podbean.com. Yeah, and I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. And we also have a sentient show Twitter account who is Wilfred at WFD Pod. Hello, Wilfred. How are you? Wilfred has a list of complaints and issues to share with you. The first of these are... Anyway, Mike, how, how are you? What's been happening in your uh, recent life with comics and stuff? Oh, uh, look, it's, it's I've actually had a pretty good week for reading stuff. Uh, look, a pile of stuff. Animosity, uh, Ascender issue two, which I was so happy it's connected back to its preceding series, which was Descender, when you realise who one of the main characters is, and it's uh, shown you a glimpse of another character that was in Descender as well, so that was awesome. Uh, a bit of Justice League, a bit of Wonder Woman, Black Science issue 40, so there's only three issues left of that, and I'm really going to miss that when it's done. Detective Comics Annual 2, which reintroduced the Reaper from the Batman Year 2 storyline. Uh, from back in the day in Detective Comics. That was really cool. I've been on a Batman binge at the moment as well. I got um, the Detective Comics 80 Years of Batman, the Deluxe Edition hardback book, uh, which is very cool. There's lots of famous first appearances in there and a couple of short essays and stuff. And I've been continuing on with the Batman, uh, the Golden Age, Volume 2, uh, which is uh, reprints of stories from Batman and Detective Comics from uh, the early 1940s. And some of those stories aren't so good, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are a little bit, oh, okay, he's fighting very not-so-super criminals. One, mm-hmm. one story involved uh, mobsters trying to fix betting on a um, a college football game. So Batman sort of had to protect a college football student and and one of the gangsters was pretty certain that Bruce Wayne was Batman so they were trying to you know catch him out uh, and then at the end of the story Bruce has he he puts on you know uh, makeup and and clay on his face and disguises himself as the star football player and plays in the game um oh. yeah it's very weird and um yeah there were uh, it's some of them were yeah, you kind of go, oh, he's finding, fighting criminals are a lot more down to earth and not so weird. Um, hmm. and yeah, but it's, it's been an interesting trip going, going back to those. Oh, and, and onto another hero. I finally saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wow. About bloody time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just in time for the new Spider-Man movie to come out. So, um, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. It was, it was a good film. And, uh, like, the week before that, I finally saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, slowly but surely, I'm getting caught up. It only takes me forever. Wow. You know? All right, that's our show, folks. Thanks very much. <laughs> what have you been up to, Paul? <laughs> 
I went to uh, the Supernova Comic Con. And when Ooh. I say comic, I mean it's mostly a pop culture con and a little bit of comics at the side. But I found that side and I went there. And there in a row was uh, Tom Taylor. And uh, sitting next to him was uh, Nicola Scott, not Nicola Scott, as the Americans like to say. And uh, <laughs> sitting next to him, uh, her was Andrew Constant. And um, he he's caught my eye recently because he uh, wrote a demon miniseries. And, yes. um, you know, I think you remember the first time we ever met, I said, I'm a big demon fan too. Do you remember that? Um... Uh, <laughs> vaguely, maybe. This is how it went. It said, hi, Mike, I'm Paul. I'm a big Demon fan. And anyway, anyway, I do like the Demon. I really like the Alan Grant series um, from Jurassic Park. No, not that Alan Grant, the other one. And I really like the Garth Ennis series. And, you know, then you got things like Demon Knights. And this is a miniseries that probably came out, what, two years ago. Um, so it's, you know, after Rebirth, etc. Mm. But it it does its best to bridge all these gaps. So it feels like, you know, it's consistent with the, the Ennis stuff, mm-hmm. um, Ennis McRae run, and it feels like it, you know, they mention Demon Knights. It's got characters like Lucifer is in it and Madame wow. Xanadu and, uh, you know, some of the demons that you may remember from uh, the Garth Ennis run. And it was really cool. And the art is fantastic. It's all uh, drawn by Brad Walker with Andrew Hennessy on inks. And it's really, you know, a strong, powerful, you know, devilish-looking demon, and it had some you know, quite funny bits, too. So. Was this the Demon Hell on Earth series? Yeah, uh, Hell is Earth. Oh, Hell is Earth. Uh, and that yeah. came out two years ago. Wow, it yeah. seems more recent than that, but um, okay. No, I think the last yeah. two years. I mean, so it probably started coming out in 2017 or so. Okay, right? okay. I could be wrong, but um, it just won one of the Australian Comic Awards for Best Ooh. Graphic Novel. So. Nice. Did it mention Tommy Wanahan at all? That's the important No, question. it doesn't, but... Oh. Uh, there, there's a really nice gag with one of the demons saying things that's very consistent with um, what Garth Ennis was doing. So. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I mean, it has a bit of a, you know, a running gag with the the rhyming coming and going, depending on how right. the demon's feeling. <laughs> um, so, coloured by Chris Sotomayor and lettered by Tom Napolitano. So, a really good little series. I think it went under everyone's radar, but mm. uh, I would recommend that you um, put it on your radar. If you have a radar, put it on there. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's all I've got for um, the week that I had in comics. But we do have some Doom news. Okay. Let's go. Wow. What? So. Not only do we have a new Doom Patrol comic out this very week, Doom Patrol The Weight of the Worlds, uh, number one. Mm. Um, or is it Doom Patrol 13? I'm confused. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but also, they announced today that the Doom Patrol TV show, do you remember, are you familiar with that, Mike? Um, yes. More familiar with that than I am with you being a Demon fan. But anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it the first time. No, it's coming out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray in October. Excellent. Um, so this is in America and Canada, so th- those places. But uh, hopefully we can expect it sooner or later in the rest of the world. So um, And it will be available for digital on August 26th. Oh. But um, the release will have uh, outtakes and deleted scenes and um, a gag reel and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll get some commentaries as well. Uh, I- I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, some hysterical breaking of character during the or- group orgasm scene. 
on the street. <laughs> There's no way they could have done all of that with a straight face in one take. No way. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that is the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, and other big news. So if you don't want to have, have anything spoiled about the current series of Doom Patrol coming out, the comic series, of which I'm referring to now, um, block your ears or skip ahead a little bit. But um, the cover for issue three, which we had the solicitation on the last episode, but we didn't see the cover, it has... A green monkey reading a comic. Oh. So who, who who's a green monkey that we know of in the Doom Patrol world? Oh, oh, oh. Um, would you be talking Beast Boy? I would be talking Beast Boy. Hooray! So like yay me! <laughs> Beast Boy is hitting the Doom Patrol comic. So wow. yeah, a bit of reunion there. So, wow. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, and um, one other thing that's coming up is San Diego Comic Con is very soon, and I believe there will be a Doom Patrol panel there for the TV show, so there should be some sort of announcement happening there, um, and hopefully it will be about the continuation of the show, because the show is doing really, really well, I'm hearing, so, you know, yeah, everyone likes it, and yep. um, it's rating very well where it's shown, and I wish they would hurry up and show it in more places. So. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. And... Uh, Guess what I did today? Um, you had a nice, quiet day at work and a very long, leisurely lunch break, and you read some comics on that lunch break, and then you went out for a delicious dinner of KFC, and then you went home, and then you started podcasting, and here we are now. The end. Is that Was that close? Um, I, I can see where you're going with this, Mike, but uh, no, no. Oh. What I'm actually talking about is uh, I bought a single today, and it was um, a Doom Patrol single on iTunes, and it was um, the <gasps> super gay anthem People Like Us by Matt Bomer Excellent. and uh, Alan Mingo Jr., and it's awesome. So, you know, uh, insta-buy, as soon as I heard that was available, yeah. Now, yeah. D- does it go all the way through, or does it just cut off abruptly like it did on the show? No, it's got the whole song, so okay, it, has a, cool. it, it plays out. It, it, there's more than was featured in the show. But, um, yeah, uh, this is the song as performed in uh, Danny's Perpetual Cabaret. Yes. So, yes. yes, and uh, who would think that would there'd be a hit single to come out of Doom Patrol TV show one day, but here we are. Here we are, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, also Doom Patrol TV show. What a time to be alive. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I still can't it, get my head around that. Yeah, it boggles the mind. Boggle, boggle, boggle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what's that ticking, Mike? Um, you must be new here because it's what we call the Doom Clock. Oh. Yeah. You don't remember that? No. I mentioned it to you the first time we met. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and so now it's time for the Doom Clock segment. And we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. We are going to do the This Week in Doom Patrol History Guessing Game first. Oh. So, are you ready for me to roll the eight-sided Doom die, Paul? Uh, no, but let's do it. You're not? Okay. Oh, oh, oh. you got six. A six, okay. That's, so, that's you get six, six questions to try and six figure out questions. what came out this week in Doom Patrol history. Okay. Um, question the it, first. The first. Is it... Uh, let's say, is it before 1988? No. Oh, so that's after 1988. Okay, so we're in uh, Volume 2 and Up Territory. Mm. That doesn't help me particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, 
Question the second. Question the second. <laughs> Is it a Vertigo comic? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I know which run we're in. We're in the Rachel Pollock run. Okay. Is it uh, drawn by Ted McKeever? No. Oh, now that's confusing me. Three questions uh, left. Three questions left. Okay. Um, Question the fourth. These are, are these yes and no answers only, or do, do I? You ask a question, and I will answer it to the best of my ability without giving anything oh. away. Okay. Uh, who was the uh, principal penciler on this issue, Mike? Linda Medley. Linda Medley. Okay. Mm. So uh, I'm picturing bandaged people and uh, foxes in the woods and stuff like that. Oh, okay. 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 Am I right? Uh, all right. Um, question the fifth. Question the fifth. Ah, dang it. Is it uh, in the low 70s? No. Oh. Okay. But you are so close. So close. And you are now on your final question. All right. Is it issue 69? Yes! (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, going on sale this week uh, on July 6th. Uh, in 1993, with the cover date of August that year, for a mere $1.95 American, was issue 69 of Doom Patrol Volume 2. This story was titled Down Among the Underpinnings and was brought to us by Rachel Pollack, Linda Medley, Graham Higgins, Johnny Workman Jr., Thomas J. Zwicko, Tom Taggart, and Tom Payer. This issue had the patrol heading off to Amsterdam to stop the master cleaner from cleaning the entire world. And helping the team on this mission was their new ally, the Identity Addict, with his many personalities, including the unborn peacock, the compassionate cop, and the better mousetrap, and many more than that. What a bizarre yet fun issue that was. Yeah, I should get on your shoulders and you carry me around the room for a few minutes after that. <laughs> okay, sure. It might be a bit of a drive for me to get there, but we'll work something out. <laughs> we covered this issue back in episode 94 from May of 2017, and you can find that on waitingfordoom.com in the Doom dossier for Volume 2, Part 3. And you can check that episode out for further details. And normally we would sign off on the Doom Clock this week, but now we're going to stop it around. We're going to look at... How long it's been since the last issue of a Dream Patrol comic? How long do you think it's been, Paul? Um, it's been hours. Thirty-three weeks since we had a new Dream <laughs> oh, Patrol book I'm on the shelf. About the new, new. Spoiler one. warning, sir. Spoiler. Oh, sorry. Uh, that was issue twelve of Volume Six from Jared Way, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, Tamara Von Villa, Nick Derrington, Todd Klein, Molly Mahan, and Mark Doyle. That issue saw the Reynolds family fighting to free the Dame Escape from Margot the Demon Lord, and we discussed it back in episode 131. Issue 1 of Volume 7, or should that be Issue 13 of Volume 6, is at this stage scheduled for this week, Paul! Woo! Doom Patrol, White of the Worlds from Jared Way, Jeremy Lambert and James Harvey is on its way to our hot hands and, well, shall we talk about the issue, Paul? Yeah, we have read it and, uh, yeah, it's hot off the press, mm. so, you know, you can go find it in the stores and digitally around the place at the moment. But, yeah, basically the team uh, recovering from the events of Milk Wars, uh, Robot Man is now just man. Um <laughs> 
Cliff Steele. <laughs> not even Man Man. Just not man. even Man Man. Uh, yeah, and he's, uh, it, the story opens with him going to the toilet after eating some tacos from Taco Hell. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's where we're starting. Mm-hmm. But it, it really does a recap of, uh, and reassess where the team is at. So, uh, uh, Casey, um, is driving Danny the ambulance around. Um, Crazy Jane is now team leader of the Doom Patrol. Mm. Um, yeah. It's revealed here, well, or confirmed here, that Ricardo is dead. Uh, mm. Ricardo, the team masseuse, who never really had much to do in the previous volume, but there you go. Mm. Um, Larry is still living his alternate lives, but he decides to get a uh, emotional support animal, and he goes and finds a dog called Hank. Yay! Uh, <laughs> from the animal shelter, which is very nice. And, uh, yeah, Jane leading the team, she decides that uh, they'll listen to Danny and the team mission is now to help people, hmm. which is very positive in this day and age and all the you know things going on in the world. I think it's a really positive message. Yes. So the team, uh, most of the team, jets off into space uh, and uh, to help people. They end up on a planet where there's a perpetual exercise regime on a, some sort of conveyor belt and everyone is denying their true shapes and uh, they sort of address that. And one of the things about this issue is the the crazy, crazy art by uh, James Harvey. It feels so indie. Yes. You know, there's, everything yes. is curving and uh, stretching around. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's quite a, a cute little story, very positive. But in the midst of this, there is a dark side, and that is uh, Cliff Steele, now a man, goes to visit his mother and gets a pretty stern rejection. Mm. And that has um, quite an effect on him, which... Yeah. Uh, will be revealed. We don't want to spoil what happens. Um, no. Yeah, but uh, what did you think of it, Mike? I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, uh, we were discussing this earlier, and uh, I, as I was saying to you, yeah, it's, it's like there's a real indie feel to it. It doesn't feel like, uh, you know, like a DC comic. Um, it's got a really cool indie vibe to it. The, it's got some great colours in it, like especially the contrast between uh, Cliff visiting his mum and then the team on the planet Orbius, uh, dealing with the orb people and the Marathon Eternal and all the craziness there. And it's, it's yeah, it's just a really, really fun, energetic, colourful story. And I really like the intro pages where it's setting the stage and, and reintroducing the team in a way. Uh, some yep. really nice little uh, scenes there. And I couldn't help but wonder if there's a possible romance brewing between Flex and... And Rita. Yes. There's a couple of panels there. They get a little bit, um, well, she's in his arms in one panel, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's some touchy-feely support going on there. Yeah. And look, I would buy that couple much more readily and much more easily than I ever would with Rita and Cliff which mm. I'm still dirty about, John Byrne, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, sorry, that episode came up. Uh, I was driving around uh, on the weekend, and that episode actually came on in the car stereo, and I listened to it all, and I was getting angrier by the minute. <laughs> so, But anyway, anyway, back to this new issue. It's a lot of fun. It's very colourful. I really dig the art. Uh, this was, I, I think, the first time I've seen James Harvey's work. And you said, what, what, what had you seen his work in before, Paul? Was it Little Nemo? Uh, I've, I'm familiar, I've heard of him around the traps. Like, he mm. did a comic called uh, Masterplasty, which was this giant-sized book um, oh. that was really hard to market, but uh, everyone who saw it was super impressed. So I remember reviews of that. But he's done things like Little Nemo in Slumberland and that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. But, 
so he, he his work has a sort of dreamlike uh, surreal quality to it yes. and yes. yeah we're definitely seeing it in action here one thing i'm a little bit uh, a bit of cognitive dissonance about is rita seems to it's not a rita i really recognize from the history of the comics nor the tv show so you know mm. she is um like Rita was always very confident in the use of her powers, and here she's like she's having to learn them. Well, yeah. she, I think she's still coming to terms with being where she was during Milk Wars, I guess. Yeah, perhaps and that she's come back to quote unquote reality. So that that was my take on it. Yeah, she's she's adjusting to being back in in the normal world, for want of a better phrase. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but it's a giant cast. You got uh, Lucius Reynolds is still there, the uh, resident teen magician for the uh, the Doom Patrol, uh-huh. and um, yeah, Lotion the Cat, uh, yep. the the cat who is a cat who is a man or something. Uh, <laughs> fug, Fug is fug. there. Fug yeah. is Fug. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so um, I. I mean, it is a sort of comic that puts you in a good mood. Mm, yes. <laughs> Makes you feel good. And there's some wonderful bits with, uh, you know, uh, Flex getting asked about health issues and he <laughs> don- immediately dons glasses and gives people sound advice about, you know, their <laughs> attitude to exercise and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I, and I love the splash page where they introduce themselves and say, we're the Doom Patrol, and it's got everyone facing the right way except Larry who's facing the wrong way for some reason. Because <laughs> he's Larry. <laughs> <laughs> It's like ruining the uh, the outlook of the team. Mm, yes, but um, all in all, a pretty a, a good winner. Um, yeah, strange but fun. Yes, yes, exactly. And a little bit of a message in there as well about body image and being comfortable in one's own skin, yeah. which I liked. Yeah, yeah, very good. So, Paul, as as much as I love talking to Patrol with you, uh, don't you think it'd be cool if we had someone else to chat to uh, about this brand new issue? Well, I don't, I don't know. What sort of person should we try and get? Like, do you think it'd be good to get one of the writers of this comic and get him to talk to us? That's a cool idea. Do you think that could okay. happen? All right, hang on a minute. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The year is 1994, or 1944, or maybe 2994. Time is under threat, and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis, and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC Universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes, Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Legion. And uh, now it's part of the show where we call it Doom Splanning, and today we have a very special guest. We are actually talking to a person who is the co-writer of the current series of Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds, as it's known now, and we are talking to Jeremy Lambert, who, according to the credits, is the co-writer and assist on the book. That's (laughs) true. Okay, Jeremy, how did you get here? Oh goodness! Um, honestly, I I I think we have Warhammer and Dungeons and Dragons to blame. Hello, um, Warhammer. Hello. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gerard and I are 
massive Warhammer fans and massive Dungeons and Dragons fans, and and for the most part, I mean, we we knew each other um, because we would just meet up and play Warhammer and uh, play D and D. So you know, we would write stories together for Dungeons and Dragons and for Warhammer, and it sort of led its way to Doom Patrol. <laughs> Uh, and us just doing the exact same thing, but you know, in, in the Doom Patrol space, so it's it's worked out pretty well. It's amazing. So, um, looking at your bio, which is very brief, I see something about goosebumps, and I see something mm. about ca- casting. So, yes, <laughs> can you elaborate on those at all? I will. Yeah. Uh, so, Goosebumps uh, Monsters at Midnight is a is a book that I wrote with uh, Chris Finoglio uh, on art and and Brittany Peer on colors. Um, and that was the first uh, Goosebumps um, graphic novel, or at least the original um, that they collected into a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was for IDW a couple years back, and uh, that was um, basically just telling new. Uh, stories and new characters uh, in the Goosebumps world, but with sort of old villains and and folks that people would love to see back, like Slappy the Dummy and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> who I love, uh, but massive Goosebumps fan, so that worked out great. Uh, so there's that, yeah. And then uh, extras casting was this is a, a trip. I mean, this could take a, a full hour, but um, this was. Uh, that was my first job out of college. Uh, I went to film school out here in, in California and in, in Los Angeles. And, uh, and then the first job I got out of it was just something that was, you know, involved in, in filmmaking. So I, I joined up and, and, uh, for the next five years did uh, extras casting for movies and TV shows, but it was just everything from true blood and true detective and agents of shield to oh, wow. like, magic Mike and fast Furious seven. And, wow. Uh, La La Land was one of the last ones that I worked on. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it's, it, it was really insane because you, I didn't really know how, you know, entrenched this company was in the, uh, just about every, every movie that came through Los Angeles. So <laughs> it was really cool to work on and get, you know, people's perspectives. And I would just go on set and basically just study the directors and the screenwriters were on there. That was my main interest with, you know, study you know, what they were doing and, mm-hmm. And just learning, uh, learning that way. Um, but yeah, I did that for for about five years, and it was very insane. <laughs> lots of people, lots of lots of strange, wonderful people, uh, and uh, it was it was good to go through. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. But you know, it's waking up at two o'clock in the morning saying that you need to get 600 people to oh, the valley you know, by like 5 o'clock. You're just uh, like, oh, okay. <laughs> just calling a lot of you know people at very early in the morning. It's like, hey, okay. Well, also, do you have a skateboard? Okay, great. Yeah, bring that. And, and just, <laughs> Wow. You know, kind of crazy. The, the requests were insane. Like, uh, I don't know. There would be people calling you that were, uh, I mean, these directors, these, a lot of times would just call you, you know, right off the bat and not go through any assistance or anything like that. And they would just say, Hey, we need this, you know, and we need it tomorrow. And it's just the most ridiculous request. It's like, Hey, we need, you know, five cowboys that ride pigs and they have to own the pigs and they need to be out here, you know? So it's just like, okay, I, 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 hold on, give me two hours and I'll see what I can do. Oh, wow. Um, so <laughs> so it, you, it never got old, you know what I mean? Like it was mm. never something that was, that was, uh, you're getting, tired of it in that sense but it definitely got very stressful because 
you had no idea what you were in for each day. Wow. Holy jeez. So, 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 Jerry, what's, what's your history as a comics fan? What, what have been some of your favorite books and, and series over the years? Oh, goodness. I, um, as, a, as a kid, I was big into uh, Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. Thor, and Captain America. I was, so I was very much uh, um, in, the, in the Marvel camp uh, of things. Obviously, Batman. Everyone's got Batman. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I, I mostly read that when I was when I was much younger. And then in high school, started to dive into a lot of the things that, um, you know, I wanted to to I always wanted to get into, but just never really had the opportunity or it's like if I was reading, you know, sneaking like vertigo books in when I was 12 years old or something, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Sandman was a huge, huge, uh, huge one for me mm-hmm. and three Sandman and a few others. I made my way to, to Grant's run on Doom Patrol. Um, and Doom Patrol was just, I mean, one of my favorite stories, um, in comics and, and otherwise, but I also, you know, was uh, paying attention to a lot of stuff that was coming out currently at the same time. Like, uh, I mean, this is probably aging me a bit, but Lock and Key started coming out around then too. Uh, and I, <laughs> but I was a huge fan of Lock and Key as that started coming out. So um, it, uh, it, there's a lot of the current books that, that uh, made their mark on me as well. So uh, it worked out pretty well. So, so do you have a favorite era of Doom Patrol stories? Oh goodness, I I would I'd say the Grant's run is the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone says this, and I I I want to be cool and different, but I can't lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. So I mean, I—that's what I fell in love with, and that's what you know. Gerard and I bonded over when we started talking about Doom. I was—I was reading Gerard's run when obviously he was coming out. I was supporting one, my friend, but also Doom Patrol because, like, holy shit! Mm. But yeah, so it was just—I I was reading it, and I was fully up to date by the time we started talking about me coming onto the book, which I, you know, very quickly nearly fainted um, <laughs> when he, he brought it up. But yeah, I mean, I would—I would say that you know that's. That's the one that's had the biggest impact on me is, mm. is Grant's run and, and sort of, you know, I, I would say that uh, I, I have not read certain runs of, of Doom and I'm, I'm somewhat scared too. And it's not just because, you know, maybe it's not my thing or whatever, but I, there are certain characters that I love that maybe weren't treated very well. So I'm staying away for now, but, you're, <laughs> you know, it seems like you're the experts on this, so I'll have to. I'll have to defer to your judgment. Look, if it's if it's got John Byrne on the cover, you can avoid that completely. You know, <laughs> the rest uh, of them, the rest of them are fine. Just, the rest of them are great. Just not that one. Great. Not that one. Okay, <laughs> take that into consideration. Mm. <laughs> um, now, can I dig a bit into the technique? So, how do you and Gerard work together? Oh, uh, yeah, um, it's it's actually pretty great. I mean, it's it's fun because we were friends before we started working together. So we have, there's not a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, anxiety or confusion or working with, you know, somebody else. And there's a lot of stress involved when you're starting to sort of just get things going and ramping up. But we, uh, you know, I go over to his place and we, we work out of the, the, the studio that he has there, the, the office. And, uh, we work on a, on a Google doc on a live document, but mm-hmm. we're in the same room. So we can just go back and forth, you know, all the time, 
and it's just a really organic process to work in. I mean, we half the time we'll get distracted by some kind of Warhammer rule book and start talking about that for like you know a half hour. But <laughs> that's understandable. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get looped in. It's like, no man, but you remember that Realm of Chaos book that came out? And then we just you know go off <laughs> on a tangent. But it's good. I mean, because you know, it's it, it allows us to to focus, but at the same time, just have a much more, like I was saying this earlier, actually, to, to, to a friend of mine, where it really helps, especially with, you know, a team like the Doom Patrol, because it's so easy to spin off and just sort of rely on weird for weird sake, but that's not what we've ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it, it really helps to make sure that, you know, because there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of threads, and a lot of characters that really could all have their own book on this team and you just want to make sure that you're 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 doing it right and sticking to the to the heart of the thing that you set out to do so we uh but yeah we we work um we work out of the same office and just sort of work back and forth on this google doc and half the time you know making each other laugh about something that we put in there because again it's (laughs) doom patrol so works out (laughs) <laughs> but yeah it's it's a lot of fun because it's just sort of the you know in one place i've I've co-written before I'm, I'm co-writing another book right now and with another team and and it's it's still a bit different because you know you're updating via pdfs in the email inbox so it's it's you you there's a bit of a longer track to get where you need to go sometimes mm-hmm. and so comics is definitely your side gig now at the moment uh it's i mean i would definitely call it a full gig um, <laughs> but it's it's I just I I removed sleep instead. You know, you just, you don't, don't do that, and then just have these two jobs, and you'll be right. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's definitely I'd say it's easily uh, yeah half of my working life. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. So so um, now that you're co-writer on Doom Patrol, are there any characters who have really come to life for you that um, previously uh, were a bit of a mystery? Yes, I, I many, but and there's many that I want to get to as well. But I would say I never expected to enjoy writing Flex Mentallo as much as I love writing Flex Mentallo. <laughs> <laughs> I, especially in Gerard's, you know, the way that Gerard set up Flex is the most wholesome, pure <laughs> being yeah. that exists on the planet. And it's just like experiencing what whatever the hell the Doom Patrol is experiencing through Flex's eyes is a trip. <laughs> I mean, it is just like, it is the greatest thing to do. It's just like an exercise. That yeah. and bug. You know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, I actually loved in the first issue when, you know, Flex is donning the glasses and giving people um, health yeah. advice and exercise <laughs> advice. It's so good. I was like, I had to go back to this character. I was like, did I, did I put in there that he had glasses? Where did. And, and I think that was James Harvey, honestly. Oh, wow. He's like, okay. he's going to pull out. Yeah, I think he's going to pull out glasses. And I was like, so, like, from his underpants? <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, so the new issue seems to define a stronger mission for the team from the outset. How did that come about in in your writing? Yeah. So, um, just in terms of like what their their purpose is and what they mm. want to do. Yeah. 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 Um, well, it 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 came from a lot of different areas, but I think 
one of the the bigger things was uh, we wanted to approach the arc uh, with a sort of monster of the week setup, mm-hmm. um, and we wanted to have sort of standalone adventures with a, a running through line that's going to connect everything into into a cohesive you know trade cohesive story. So that was having that from the outset was really freeing, especially for Gerard. I think coming from the previous two arcs that he was doing, which very much tell a linear, a more linear story, as linear as Doom Patrol could be, I suppose. <laughs> but um, that's you know that's the uh, was the the starting point for us was was telling individual stories that you could just you could pop in and you could experience the full you know adventure of the Doom Patrol in that issue and still have you know from issue to issue a through line and an undercurrent that sort of carries you along and, and tells a very much you know this is the way to the world's arc mm. as opposed to um, something where it's just like true just you know one-offs that are just completely devoid of any mention of the other or any sort of connected tissue mm-hmm. um, but yeah that was that was the approach for us in wanting to do that it freed a lot of the characters up it freed a lot of what we wanted to do, it gave us a bit more runway. And it was just a lot of fun because we were able to use that to our advantage. Like, for instance, we have different artists on almost each issue. We have, mm. you know, a lot of um, specific elements that lent itself to the, to the approach that we took with it. And, it. and it just makes it such a fun, different piece for us to work on like it was it's definitely sort of like a reinvigorating thing i would imagine especially for gerard uh, having just written you know volume one and two Mm. yeah and speaking of reinvigorating it it, paul and i've have sort of been thinking that this new issue was going to be issue one of volume seven but it turns out it's issue 13 of volume six so it's it's kind of continuing on almost and we we were thinking it's with the the weight of the world's um heading it, it was like a brand new volume altogether I mean, so it's funny because I, I think that's just the curveball of it. Like, that's the, you know, like, issue 13 is where this is for, for Gerard's run, uh, for sure. But we, 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 it's a new issue one. It's a, it's a number one because, you know, I think ultimately, and I can't speak for, for DC, but I do think they're going to make it a, a more of a volume seven type deal mm-hmm. but it's uh, you know it's it's up to them but i think it's a funny little thing in there with uh, uh issue 13 and the number one on it i think it's just you know of course doom patrol is going to do that too <laughs> um but uh <laughs> i'm sure the, the numbering is gonna go down and and be very uh, uh you know head scratching but Yo, yeah. it is fun because it's just we yeah always is um, but with the with the new number one, it, it makes a lot of sense for this one, just with the completely different approach. But we have Gerard and Nick Darrington's team, mm. you know. So it, it it having those folks, having Lucius, having Fug, Casey, Lotion, you know, all those folks. It's it's just great to, I guess, see what uh, see what they want to do with. It. I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be you know canonically decided uh, either way, but. I'm sure I'll find out uh, later than a lot of people. <laughs> but we'll see. So you're dealing with a really large cast, and uh, I seen mm-hmm. you took the um, Justice League approach of pairing them up into little sub-teams for little pages and things like that. Um, but, yeah, what have been yeah. the challenges? Of, I mean, there's, what, nine people on the cover and a dog. Well, focus on the people. <laughs> but... 
fuck is fuck. Fuck is fuck. Come on. Fuck is fuck. Yeah, there was a great. That was actually really funny. That was Gerard and I were we were doing those little captions mm. and we're going back and forth. And like I filled that one, and he filled that one, and, and he's like, "Danny's an ambulance." And I was like, "Oh, great. Well, we got this one for Jane. We got this one for." Uh, it was just sort of you know figuring that stuff out, and we had put a placeholder in there that was just like "fug is," and then we literally looked at each other, "fug, <laughs> fug is fuck." And like, "Great, all right." Um, so it was just a you know funny, funny little moment. But I do like those little captions. They're these tiny little, little sort of you know intros for for, for or funny intros for for, for mm. new readers maybe, and funny intros for, for folks that have continued on. So yeah. So the the death of Ricardo was that to lighten the cast load a bit? Oh man, <laughs> broke my heart. Um, <laughs> it was, I, I guess. I mean, so <laughs> it was not me. Okay, no matter what. Um, <laughs> so we were we were um, uh, dealing with the fallout from issue twelve, and we were just like, all right. So what are we gonna? Or sorry, from issue eleven. So what are we going to to bring into into this, and how are we going to connect everything? And Ricardo actually died in issue eleven uh, when the oh. when Danny crashed in. Mm. Oh. Um, and yeah, I know. So there's this moment, and so this is my fault. We, did, we had this moment, I think, and I gotta look up and see if it if it actually is in there. I'm sure it is. But in issue eleven, when uh, when Danny crashes in, there's this moment where Fug is like holding Ricardo and Fug wears Ricardo's visor for the rest of the time. That is oh. my idea. <laughs> oh, no. I'll have to and go back and look at that. Why the hell did I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah, it's, it hurts. Oh. And I don't know. But, yeah, it's like, but, no, it's just so, yeah. Uh, Ricardo just, you know, Ricardo died. Ricardo, <laughs> Ricardo didn't make it through the, uh, the ordeal with the disappointment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Ricardo, it definitely helps to, to, I guess, have one less character if you want to look at it coldly, <laughs> which you do have to do sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I think it was more just a, uh, you know, a moment to send off Ricardo. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, you got a Star Trek yeah, funeral poor, at least. Poor Ricardo. I know, right? That was like, oh, that's great. Character. <laughs> The the cast itself is is a there are some times where you're you're halfway through the issue and you go oh shit and then you have to go back but it's, <laughs> and, <laughs> no it's it, it's um it's normally pretty great because you have from the outline you have an an idea of how everybody fits in and and with this arc in particular you'll see how we use the format of the sort of monster of the week approach mm. to to play the character strengths to pit certain artists with certain characters to, to play to their strengths, you know? So it, it's a lot of fun to sort of weave in and out of this arc and use a lot of things to your advantage that you normally don't. It's not, it's like a lot of tool that you don't really have in your toolbox most of the time, because you have to be extremely linear with, with the story and making sure you move a certain way from start to finish. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun that way. So, um, what should we call Robot Man now, and and where did the idea to, where did the idea to make him human come from? <laughs> that was that was Gerard and Nick. Uh, they, they had that idea uh, a while back, um, mm. and in Milk Wars, 
they had that that reveal um, that brought it over. But um, but yeah, yeah, Robot Man is is Robot Man. But uh, you know that, that that was the funny part that we had with us. There's a specific page in Where the World's Number One where he's showing his ID and it's Robot Man. Yes. Like it's like, yeah. Like a, like a picture of him as you know. And it's like I'm Cliff Steele. It's a little old. Sorry, but it's just like that was sort of like a fun nod to the fact, like what the hell are we supposed to call like you know Cliff Steele, but like you know. So it was that was a, a, a fun little nod, and you know, it's like well, he, he's Robot Man, but is he? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's my best answer is he's robot man um <laughs> and we'll you know you know, there, there will be developments many many developments of the robot man as yeah the, I, as the uh the arc goes on i was a little worried by what happened at the end of this new issue i um, would be shocked if you weren't yeah yeah so <laughs> um it's it's all a bit of a mystery but but getting uh, just return, returning quickly to um, how you've said there are different artists on this run. Can you give us yes. um, like uh, some of your highlights from what the different artists have contributed and what's like really wowed you from what you've seen so far? Oh yeah, I mean, I, everything has wowed me in a thousand ways mm-hmm. with Doom. I mean, it's just it honestly, it's you know, being able to. to I, I just don't know where else I would have the opportunity to work with so many artists. You know, it's just, it's so many artists that I absolutely love and I'm huge fans of. Like, it's just getting emails from these people is me just like jumping around my house. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just, or sorry, tiny Los Angeles apartment, but it, the, <laughs> it's just so incredible to, to experience. I mean, cause it's just, you know, I'm so grateful to, to Gerard and Doom and, DC just to be able to be involved with these folks but um uh yeah i mean i would say that the the really interesting thing for us and we kind of came up with this because for for a number of reasons but nick darrington started work on bat and we're like okay well you know we have nick's nick darrington doing covers for this one but you know what are we going to do for the interiors are we going to have um someone that stays on throughout and, and our format again, being sort of a different approach with each issue, it started to, you know, just form in our minds that it's a different, it should be for almost every issue. It should be different, different artists. Mm-hmm. And, and it worked out. I mean, it's just being able to write specifically for artists. Like we have, you know, an issue that's coming up with, um, flex Mentalo where, you know, it's, just, I mean, the only thing I'll say is that it, it involves Destiny Beach, and oh yeah, and, um, yeah, being able to to basically write a Flex Metallo Beach issue and <laughs> sort of work that in and, and, and like be specific with you know a lot of the notes in terms of the the art and obviously a lot of the stuff that we didn't even think of that's being brought to the table with Nick Patara who's on that issue is just like completely insane and. And there are some surprises in terms of what certain people are doing, so I can't say too much about what's what's next with the artists. But um, like obviously, like just having like Becky Cloonan involved, Doc mm. Shaner, you know, it's just I, and obviously James Harvey with for these first two issues is just uh, incredible. But I, yeah. I have to admit, I'm a massive Doc Shaner fan. So is there any? Oh. I mean, like I've got a page of his original art from one of his Flash Gordon issues that he did with Dynamite. Oh, nice! And um, I got that at Heroes Con a couple of years ago. Paul, did you know I'd been to Heroes Con? 
No, well, you've never mentioned that. Yeah, funny that. Um, so I, I'm just—is there any kind of spoiler you can give me about Doc's issues? So, Doc's issues—the is the one that I can't say a word about. Oh no! <laughs> so I can't—I can't reveal too much about that one. But I promise it—it's going to be cool. Of, well, of course, that's a given. It's, it's Doc Shane. So, <laughs> yeah, but, it's a given. But I don't when it was say a, a word, it's Doc yeah, Shane. When it was announced that, oh, there's a new Doom Patrol volume coming out, and oh, and Doc Shane is doing part of it, I just, yep. about, I just about fainted. I was like, that is the match made in heaven for me. I mean, no uh, disrespect to, the, to awesome. the rest of the creative team, I was just, I was floating on air when I read that. Oh, so. that's so fun yeah yeah no you're we're gonna have to talk after you read doc's issue oh, for sure because <laughs> that's sure. that's gonna be a lot of fun Excellent. yeah what 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 issue numbers is he on for these? uh so he's uh well actually you know i i'm gonna stay mum about that as well oh, <laughs> you're killing me dude <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> look i i know yeah, it that's, will be worth that's true it, it's not it's not the first one Oh, well, and it's well, not, yes. <laughs> and it's not the last one. That's, okay. I'll say that. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is gonna be That's all I got. Months, I'm terrible, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Gerard has the ability to survive. If Gerard reveals it, everything's fine. If I reveal it, I'm gonna have like snipers on the rooftops. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> I don't think anyone listens. It's okay, no one listens to this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. So, the run is finite, obviously, and what, broken into, what, two chunks of six or something like that, perhaps? Uh, it's, right now, it's, uh, so, with solicits, I guess they've revealed, what, three of them. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a, a longer arc. Um, okay. Uh, well, uh, by, not not by Doom standards, honestly. It's, it's going to be... It's less than it's less than the twelve that you mentioned, but I can't say the specific amount of issues. Um, <laughs> right, it's less than that. It's less okay. than that. <laughs> so, um, you may have been aware that there was a TV show called Doom Patrol recently. Um, Love it. <laughs> did did that affect the comic at all? Or uh, it it didn't really. I mean, I'm. I'm Basically, we so when it came to this arc of Doom, there have been uh, some minor delays with Doom Patrol in the past. Uh, so, with this one, what we wanted to do was make sure we got all the scripts in and handled that side, you know, very quickly and stored those up and then uh, started from there. So uh, there wouldn't uh, delays on, on on any fronts, hopefully. So we'll you know uh, keep moving in that way, but. We started writing them uh, early last year. Um, oh wow! And yeah, so so we had a lot of stuff to work with very very early on last year, and um, it's been a long sort of road to it. But we wanted to to get them done soon, so they weren't all the way at. Like I want to say that we were probably halfway through uh, by the time uh, Doom Patrol really took took effect. I guess. Um, for us, anyway, we Jared and I watched it. I want to say in April of last year, or we started watching in April of last year, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
other than just completely reinvigorating my love of all of these characters and rekindling so many things for me with with Doom Patrol, um, it didn't have too much of an effect on on the actual scripts because we had them planned out pretty pretty well in advance. But it is fun to have Brandon Fraser in your head when you're writing Robot Man <laughs> now. Yes. Um, so, which is great. Because basically, I just want to say fuck all the time. I'm sorry <laughs> if I can't say that. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, but anyway, that's what you want to say. Um, so, it's uh, it, that, that part's really funny. I am uh, a huge, huge fan of the show. I did not expect to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerard and I were both pretty cautious in our approach to the show. Yeah. We were not. We did not know what was going to happen. We didn't want to get too excited. We just sort of, I don't know, didn't, didn't just, I guess, tried not to build anything up so that we got our hearts broken or anything, you know. But um, I watched the first episode, was completely floored. And same thing for him. And uh, I don't know if he's actually finished it yet, but I, um, I cruised through it and, and finished the entire thing and, and absolutely adore that show. I, I can't believe they did the things that they did even if they're on a streaming service i have no idea how they got away with half of it <laughs> it's uh it's incredible and they did i think um they did you know uh their own version of doom patrol and and did it really well and still paid a lot of service to to where the the team's been and and you know who they are so i thought it was great but that's that's just my opinion and Dallas, it's okay. Yeah, great, great. Okay, good. Because it's just—I mean, you know—it's—it's it's like it's—you know—it—it it can be. A lot of times it can be divisive, but with something that damn good, I—I I have no idea how anyone can badmouth it. But that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, um, Doom Patrol isn't your only comic that you have in the works. What what else have you got planned? Uh, yeah, I uh, right now I'm I'm working on it was just announced today actually I'm doing um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Hellmouth which is the the Buffy event book that's going to combine uh, the storylines of the Buffy run right now and Angel nice. and combining into one yeah so I'm I'm a huge 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 Buffy fan it's my favorite TV show ever although Doom Patrol is now giving it a run for its money I was gonna say um, I was like hang on yeah <laughs> hold on yeah. but no it's true Buffy I mean I. I got Buffy at the right time in my life, so it, it definitely still is like part of my holy trinity, mm-hmm. and is is very much, you know, my favorite TV show. And I'm not sure anything can knock it off just because of where it, it hit me in life and and that sort of thing. But it it means so much to me. And and uh, Jordy Belair, who's my co-writer on the book, is you know a, a really old friend of mine, a really uh, close friend of mine. She's been one of my best friends for for a number of years but she also was one of the main reasons why i'm in comics and sort of helped me along and basically just navigating the industry when i didn't really know mm-hmm. a whole lot of people know anyone know you know anything to do with comic cons other than just like sit around and look at everything um <laughs> but uh, uh, but it's it's definitely come full circle for me, which is really nice. And our editor Janine Schaefer uh, is is also a friend of mine, and and she's you know uh, having her her trust is is good. She's known that I've been a massive fan for a long time, and you know when I when I pitched on it, it, it ended up working out well. So definitely grateful for to her for uh, for bringing me in the fold. But yeah, it's just going to be a fun mix 
for us because it's a whole new way to tell Buffy. Basically, just bringing Buffy the Vampire Slayer to 2019. Mm. And um, a lot of familiar faces are acting very differently. And uh, there's a lot of, there's, there's a very new and fresh sense to the to the book uh, and to the stories and characters. So it's it's been a lot of fun downloading all that information and and uh you know you know just retooling those characters to to see where they go but uh but yeah it's gonna be lots of fire brimstone and blood you know very excited <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome all good things uh but yeah I, I can't wait honestly it's just it's the same thing with doom like i don't know how the hell i got so lucky i don't know how i just literally fell into doom and and buffy but you know, it's a, it's definitely two dreams come true. So it's, it's been a trip. I, mm. I don't know how, how it happened, but it's been a really, really fun experience. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, and so just an aside on that, are you working with Brian Hill on? He's doing Angel, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's doing Angel. Um, so yeah, just notes back and forth. Uh, most of the work is is done with Jordy, but I have to make sure that both Buffy and Angel are are being treated right and properly in, in mm. Hellmouth because there's a lot happening in Angel and a lot happening in Buffy that affects Hellmouth and vice versa. So it's a, it's, you know, it's the, it's that event thing where you're just trying to keep all the <laughs> lines and continuity, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, <laughs> it's like, wait, how is that person there when they're over here? Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's just like that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But yeah, speaking in, in that way to, to, you know the characters and surrounds, making sure that nothing's out of place, and that's that's the extent of my conversations there. But I'm sure there'll be more. I, I just turned in the the script for number one, so that's where we are in the process, I guess. But Ooh, uh, early days, but yeah, it's moving. Yeah, early cool. days. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, if people want to find you, you are Jeremy underscore Lambert on Twitter. Yes, that's correct, and Jeremy Frank Lambert on Instagram. But yeah, just that made it nice and easy. Try not to do anything crazy. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time. It's um, been, you know, it's awesome to talk to someone actually working on the Doom Patrol while mm. we're it's coming out. So, yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah. a, and I hope you have a really crazy. great week with the issue hitting. And, and um, you know, early reviews are really good. So uh, I hope yeah. it is a big success for you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you having me on. It's it's been a blast. I never really get to to chat about doom all as much so it's well, super fun well look anytime you want to, anytime you want to talk about the team or the comic or anything you know you know where to find us now jeremy so you know excellent yeah, yeah. great Thank, thanks so much for joining You're us jeremy. This, so. no no we won't no Maybe we won't when i call you i'm like hey guys <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks guys really appreciate it thank you And now it's time for the mailbag of doom. Where first up, we are going to look at the question of the week, which we asked you in our last episode, which was, "What's your favourite comic set in a historical context?" And first up, we heard from Sean Ross from the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, and he said, "Gotham by Gaslight is a real ripper." That it is. That's uh, yeah, Mike Mignola, and mm. uh, that was the very first Elseworlds comic, coincidentally. Oh wow! Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, then we heard from uh, Neon Jonathan the Evangelion, which I think is, I think that's Jonathan Die. I think it? so. Yeah, I yeah, so. Die Evangelion. Anyway, yeah. he's uh, uh, he's I can't say Evangelion. Anyway, 
because I'm an old person. I think you just did, though. Oh, I don't know. My my daughter would correct me, probably. Yeah. Um, he said, Marvels by Busick and Ross literally started the month I started collecting comics. It was so beautiful, and I am a sucker for heroes aging in real time. Looking at you, Zadarsky's Spider-Man mini. Ooh. Ah, nice. That's the... Um, that's the Spider-Man where he, one where he actually starts in the 60s and yep. goes through in real time, which I'm not reading. Oh, okay. Nor am I. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Jay Powers at BBBear24 chimed in with Roy Thomas's love letter to the Golden Age, All-Star Squadron. Yes, I would love to read All-Star Squadron. That I have uh, a, the clearest day memory of, I think it was issue 18 of that, with Dr. Fate on the cover. I remember reading that as a kid, and I'm just like, wow, what is this? Because it was Dr. Fate's, you know, backstory and origin, and I was blown away by it as a kid. And I've always wanted to go back and reread it. But yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Okay. It's, it's weird. It doesn't really feel to me. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm a post-crisis boy. Uh, look, I just love good comics, so, you know. Uh, I, I hate good comics. No. <laughs> <laughs> Such a contrarian, Paul. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, we heard from Martin Gray at Martin Gray, and he said, so many great suggestions. And so I'll say, Eric, Son of Thunder by Roy Thomas, Ernie Colon, Tony Zaniga, Du Zaniga, and Ron Randall. Ron Randall, uh, as featured on the show. Oh. Alfred, Alfredo Acala and co. Sword and Sorcery in the Dark Ages. Cool. Never read that either. Nah, no, nor, nor have I, but uh, look, looks pretty cool. Looks cool. Uh, we then heard from uh, Moby One at Shmoby One, and Moby said, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, nice. I never, never I, read that. I know it. I know it by reputation. Yes, same, same here, same here. One day, it's on the one day list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Then we heard from Carl Benning at KB Likes Comics, and he said, "Burn Superman, Batman generations, especially the stories that took place during the Golden Age, including the Batman Captain America crossover." Never read it. That's. Oh. Uh, I remember good things about that. It was um, good burn. I know, I believe, not bad burn. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. Uh, we then heard from Iowa's Joe Crawford, and uh, Joe said Jonah Hex. Nice one, yeah. Cool, yeah. That stuff's really classy. Mm. Really good comics. Hmm. Uh, Ryan Daly at Ryan Daly zero one said probably Sandman Mystery Theater. Hmm, a very good choice. I, yeah. I have the entire run of that, and it I, is uh, very noir and very good. Yeah, I, I've only read a few issues of that way back when, but uh, yeah, I did enjoy it at the time. Yeah. Uh, J. David Wheater said Red Rocket 7. Now, I'm confused by this, because that sounds futuristic. Um, I'm, I've am i not read it, but I think it's a Mike Allred comic. Oh, okay. So, it could be retro-futuristic. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, there you go. Well, another thing we have both not read. <laughs> Whoops. Ah, uh, we heard from Fractures at who's called Blastoom Frac 2.0, and he decided to be a smartass this week and said Old Man Logan, which is uh, the final Logan story. Mm-hmm. And then he suggested uh, Legion of Superheroes five years later. Right. And then he said Judge Dredd, and then he said Camelot 3000. Is that all he said? Uh, yes. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, he, he had a smart ass answer for uh, Aaron Long's response, but we'll get to that in a second. But, um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not exactly historical, but um, future history, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Frack. Uh, yes, we heard from Aaron Long at Juice005. And Aaron said, 
Marvel 1602. I love it when comics are executed due to real-life historical accounts. Accuracy is everything, and it nailed it. Right. Yes, that's the uh, Neil Gaiman retelling of the Marvel Universe in historical times. Accurate. (laughs) And then Frack chimed in with the savage sword of Conan was a more accurate historical account than that (laughs) obvious work of fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag bring back the Hyborian age. Hashtag by Chrome. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Frack. (laughs) No, thank you, Aaron. Uh, we then heard from Michael Bailey uh, from his uh, the, from the Fortress of Bailey Tude and various podcasts. He t- can I just say, you know how much I'm not a Superman fan. Yes, I have been enjoying the heck out of Michael's podcast. It all comes back to Superman Ooh, language. I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Curse words. Swear jar. Um, yeah, I've, uh, Michael, kudos to you. Really enjoying it uh, and your work there. Uh, and Michael's answer for our question of the week was DC's New Frontier. Yes, love that. Love a the, good choice. Love the, movies, yes. love the story. Yep, great stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Ciscoid at Ciscoid said, "Asterix, what a good choice." Yes. yes. Great. As a as an Australian lad, many many uh, days in the library reading Asterix and yes. Tintin. I remember as a kid growing up in Papua New Guinea, uh, we we had a there was like a big um, you know. You know one of those Christmas get-togethers where multiple families get together and all the kids get like a smallish gift? Uh, one year I got an Asterix comic. Wow. <laughs> I'd, I'd never read Asterix before, had no idea what it was, and I think I got a little bit stroppy. Oh. <laughs> and upset that I got some comic I didn't understand. Then a few days later I actually read it and enjoyed the heck out of it. Sorry. No, they're very good, very good. Yeah, they're, they're great fun. Great fun, hmm. yes. Uh, we then heard from Brunch Goblin. Otherwise known as at Stana Helena on Twitter's hello again Helena love the name. She asked, "Does Manifest Destiny count?" Um, yeah, that's I, the Rick Remender. Yeah, Rick Remender one about uh, yeah adventures in America that may or may not be a bit fantastical. Yeah, like a, a slightly uh, slightly different alternate history version of actual events. He said, "Yeah, um, it counts." Yeah, let's say it counts. Um, yeah, sure, it, it counts. <laughs> I've not actually read it. So. No, I haven't read it either. Don't tell <laughs> anyone. I'll edit this bit out. It's okay. I'm Batman. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we then heard from Dr. G, nerdologist uh, at Poltapixel, and he said, Yusagi Yojimbo, hands down, and then immediately contradicted himself by showing a picture of Yusagi Yojimbo with his hands up. <laughs> But yeah, yes, the uh, the samurai ronin rabbit, uh, mm. that is fantastic stuff. I have read some of that. It's very good. Stan Sakai is a, a legend. Mm. Very mm. cool. Awesome. Yes. Uh, Dr. G continued on uh, with another answer and said, also, awesome period comics I love. And he shared us a cover of uh, one of the Commando comic books, which I, I think, which were like, you know, war comics, basically. I think they're still in print today. I think they're still yeah, being you made. You can still buy them, I think, in the newsagents around yeah. Australia. Yeah, they're yeah. staples. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, they're called Commando because of the war, not because people don't wear underwear. I'm just pointing that out. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for clearing that one up. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the two fighter planes on the cover makes people think, wow, I hope those pilots have got clean undies. <laughs> or undies, just in general. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for removing any doubt whatsoever. Removing underwear. Anyway, 
Uh, we heard from Ted Kilvington next, and he said the Avania Sping- Spiegel run on Blackhawk, and it showed a very cool cover of Blackhawk looking like he's flying straight at the ground with all the yeah. other black. Yeah, those their planes are like you know they look like they're not going to pull up out of time. You know, yeah, <laughs> cool cover though, and there's a lot of flak going on. It looks like they're about to crash into some. Is that? It's yellow. It's, it looks like a cheese river. I think it's sand. Oh, okay. Because those are tanks on the ground that they're shooting. Oh, okay. They're not yep. cheese river they're tanks. Not, they're not cheese river <laughs> tanks. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not the infamous cheese river tanks. <laughs> What is going on this episode? <laughs> I'm just losing the plot. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page, Clinton Robson from Coffee and Comics blog chimed in with All-Star Squadron or most any Jonah Hex story. Nice choices. Ooh. Nice choices, Clinton. Mm. Cool. And then we heard from Pat Sampson from the Longbox Crusade uh, School of Podcasts, and he said, Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale by Jared Albrook. <laughs> Ulrich, the yard sale artist. Sucking up to your mate there, Pat. Well done. <laughs> Sucking up slash free plug. Uh, yes. <laughs> we then heard from Chad Bogleman, who said, you absolutely must read the three-issue Dark Horse series Breath of Bones, Tale of the Golem. I cannot possibly put into words how much I loved it. David Wachter is the perfect artist for it. Wow. Okay. I've never heard of that. I'm going to note that down, Chad. Mm. And when I um, next have some free time and I remember it, I will go looking. Cool. cool. Yeah. I, yeah. And then we heard from Andrew Watt and Davies, who said, Sebastian O, Grant Morrison doing steampunk and remembering to reflect how awful the Victorian world actually was. <laughs> right. I have that. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It was uh, Vertigo were doing, like, three-issue miniseries at the time. Mm. So, yeah, so it's a very, very, very small trade. But it's very cool. 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 Yeah, um, and then we did get a comment on the website from... Oh, it's Tim Price, unlike him to comment on the website. <laughs> yes, and if you heard the latest, uh, the latest DCOCD, we did sort out the issues with his name. Uh, so did, he's did, free. We did we really no, I don't know? know? I don't know. He, you remember, he is charming but deceitful. He is, yes. <laughs> and he said, another couple of great issues. I'm surely biased, but I think all, issue, all the issues in Volume 5 are good, even if there are some weaker ones. We haven't gotten to any of them, to any yet, though, especially number six. L, my name is Larry, is a big favourite of mine. There's a few trouble spots in the story, but I love seeing Larry's point of view of the team's history instead of the expected Cliff or Chief. You get just as much from his wonky narration as the gut punch when he's taking new bodies when needed. Wild stuff. And oh boy, issue seven. Crazy Jane's back. Oberon has a toupee. And why does Oberon have a toupee? I've nicknamed one of the movers Double Negative Man. I didn't sign on to get eaten by no painting. Uh, lots of <laughs> Father Rocky becoming an interesting cast member. Various and sundry villains afoot. And for the record, I still haven't read volume three. The shame. So I didn't care that, that much that, about Thea Jost. But I'm good riding the wave and figured it would pan out over time. I do love both of these covers, but boy, Rita is simply lovely on number seven's cover. That's a print I'd buy. So good. I've lost track. Have both of you read this volume before? I was tempted to make some some comments about hints of things to come, but wouldn't want to spoil things. Thanks for reading this crumb bumps feedback, guys. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Uh, yeah, well, yes, both Paul and I have read uh, volume five before. Um, it's been a while for me, but Paul, you've been reading ahead uh due to your interviewing Ron Randall recently. 
Yeah, no, I um, I bought these as they came out in the trades, and then when the third trade never showed up, I bought the remaining issues, yeah. which was 14 to 22, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I read them back in the day, but this is the first time I've read them since they were pretty new. So, yeah, yes. I, I recently read all the way up to the end and went, oh, that was very fun. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- times this, ahead. Yeah, this, this was the, the volume that got me back into the Doom Patrol proper and, and kicked off my obsession with them to be honest. And yeah, I was getting it as it was coming out as well, and I was quite heartbroken when it was announced that they were not continuing on with it. Thank you, Flashpoint. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, but yeah, I'm the same as you, Paul. I haven't read it pretty much since about that time, I think. I've, I've maybe reread it once since it wrapped up, but I may not have gotten all the way through. But yeah, I, I love Volume 5. It, it's a great volume. It's, it is a great one. It's yeah. fantastic. Now, Paul, do you have an answer for the question of the week? I do, and it's a really good answer. I love The Golden Age by James Robinson and Paul Smith. So, ooh, ooh. Yeah, that is set. Uh, it's basically uh, sort of like a, a retelling of the last days of the Justice Society. Okay. So, but it, it's done, like, it, I think it's been collected as like a Vertigo book at some times, and, you know, they're not oh. sure what to do with it. But uh, it had some fantastic... Um, Characterization and it really set the set the table for what James Robinson wanted to do in Starman and uh, later the JSA. Okay. So um, it's a fantastic book and it's one. It's actually one that's on my list of things to give you one day, Mike. So oh, okay. Spoilers, spoilers if I right. ever get rich um, or see it cheap. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> but it's been uh, recollected several times um, and it came out in four prestige format volumes originally and. Mm-hmm. Um, Super cool, really good story, fantastic twist. If you don't know the twist, don't find out. It's great. Okay, okay. I'll okay. just I'll stop googling now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Put down that Google right now. <laughs> sure. sure, 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 sure. What about you, Mike? Uh, my answer is uh, a series called Wild's End, uh, which had two uh, limited series of about six issues each, and then wrapped up their trilogy, I think it was last year they released a graphic novel to tie up the the story. Uh, It's basically an alien invasion story set in 1930s England. Whoa. This uh, is the sort of Beatrix Potter sort of... Yeah, if you you imagine Wind in the Willows meets War of the Worlds, that's exactly it. Um, What a great pitch. Yeah, I love that story. Um, I haven't got the final part to it yet, so I'm tracking that down after realising I don't have it. But yeah, it, it was a lot of cool fun. Um, and yeah, it was kind of seeing some of these poor um, animal creatures getting chased down by killer lantern robot things from outer space. Um, it was a very fun read. Uh, yeah, that came out from... Um, well, uh, from Boom Studios, that's right, uh, a couple of years ago now, by uh, Dan Abnett and Iron J. Colbard. So yeah, it was, that's my answer for this week. Yeah, well done. I was prepared this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess that brings us to the end of this very uh, full and satisfying show. Yes. So, yeah, uh, next time, uh, I think we've got a DC OCD coming up right away. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll be looking at Salvation Run. What the hell's that? Everyone asks. Well, have a listen, and you'll know. Mm. And then um, I think we're com- well. We're going to take a bit of a break because I'm going overseas. And <laughs> <laughs> unless unless Mike wants to do episodes on his own or with some other people that he likes, um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll come back. We might be coming back with what are we? What maybe issue two of Weight of the Worlds? Maybe. How long maybe. are you? How long are you away again for? <laughs> 
Um, I think I'm going to miss like three weeks. So that, that sounds so about right. Yeah. Run three weeks. Yeah, that's about a month. Yeah. Oh, we, we we might come back with some volume five stuff. Ooh, okay. We will be back, but yes, yeah. Yeah. Paul will be travelling overseas for three weeks, so uh, safe travels and bring me back something nice. <laughs> okay, I'll bring myself back. <laughs> Well played, well played. <laughs> <laughs> but do we have a next question of the week, Mike? We we do. We we giving people plenty of time for the next question of the week. Giving them, you know, three plus weeks. Are uh, we want you to send in your Doom Patrol haikus? So, that's so a, a th- can you explain for the ignorant like me what a haiku technically is? A haiku is a three line poem. Uh, originated in Japan. Uh, the first line has five syllables. The second line has seven. The third line has five syllables again. So it might go something like, Cliff is Robot Man. Rita is Elasti Girl. Larry is Neg Man. Oh. Emphasis on the syllables there. To make <laughs> point. Not because I have a speech impediment or anything. But okay. yeah, so, so there you yeah, go. It's three lines, uh, syllables of five, seven, and five has to be about the Doom Patrol. Okay. Well. <laughs> something, look, it's something different. It's something creative, you know? Yeah. Those creative okay. uses. And look, people have more than enough time to work on them. Considering, uh, someone's, considering someone's going on a trip to buy me something nice. <laughs> oh, buying now. Okay. Yeah. Did I not say that before? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was implied. <laughs> anyway. All right, send us your haikus. You can send them to uh, waitingfordoom at gmail.com. Uh, we also can get them on Twitter via Wilfred at WFDPod. And, of course, you can visit the uh, the fantastic website that we have, waitingfordoom.com. You will see images to do with the episode tonight, and you will probably see uh, uh, show notes and stuff and all sorts of other cool stuff on the site. Do you know where our promos are on the site now, Mike? I, I did, Paul. I did indeed, because you told me earlier. Yeah, but yes. that's what I said, hey, Mike, our promos are on the site. And you went, okay. Yeah. And then I said, I like the demon. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'll okay, the that, that's when it happened. <laughs> right, I'm with you now. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you now. Okay. Right, okay. well, um, yes, let's sign off before we get any sillier. Uh, thanks for joining us again, guys. As always, be good to each other. Don't be a crumb bum. Stay weird. And we'll catch you again next time for more Waiting for Do. Waiting for Do. This doohickey. Okay. So we were, we left work like late and decided to get takeaway on the way home. So we right. drove by Goulburn. Right. We went to KFC. Yep. And they'd run out of chicken. <laughs> oh my god. Got, got one bloody job, KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky fried nothing. Kentucky fried nothing, yeah. Kentucky like, fried SFA. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Mm. That's that's ridiculous. Come on. It was like seven thirty, it was like, no.
Nothing. Wow. That's that's bullshit. Yeah, and then I went the back road home and saw four wombats, one of which charged my car. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bloody wombat season, man. <laughs> well, you know, you could have... No, I won't say it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <That>... W. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go there, but no, you, you beat me to it. <laughs> you are kicking us off, so whenever you're good to go. Okay. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast where we talk about the Doom Patrol a lot because it's around a lot right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Interrupted. No, you know, please. Mysterious <laughs> voice. <laughs> Should we start that again? <laughs> I don't know. There's our first outtake. <clears throat> okay. So what do you want to tell us that we can't air now? <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Doc, Shane, and no, I'm just kidding. Ah, oh, dude! <laughs> You're killing me. He's on. I'm he's sorry. on three at least, isn't he? Yeah, he starts on three. All right, thanks, Mike. Um, I've got to go. I'm going away, so okay. um, I'll be back about three weeks or so. But, yeah. Um, okay. Cool. You, you hold the thought. Hold yeah. the thought and keep things running. All right. Well, safe travels, man. Uh, have an awesome time. Um, uh, yeah, ha- have a great trip. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll. Catch you when you guys get back. Okay, okay bye. See you, mate. Bye. Hmm, so Paul's going to be away for weeks. What am I going to do with myself? Hmm, I, I don't I could finally do all those podcast shows I've always wanted to do. I could start with Mike Loves Livy, telling everyone all about my lifelong fandom and slight obsession with Livy Newton-John. Or, I could finally do that show on the bus with Mike, where I talk about the dangers of reading comics in public places, and sometimes falling asleep when the bus is too warm, because it's overcrowded, and sometimes you get dirty looks from people on the buses because you're reading comics. Oh, it's full of danger and excitement and... Or, I could combine two of my favourite subjects, comics and sex. Oh yeah, Garvey After Dark. Oh. I could finally do that Batman podcast I've always wanted to do. But are people still even interested in Batman anymore? <laughs>